we have what's called the Aerospace Maintenance Council, which is like a nonprofit organization that promotes and supports the aerospace maintenance community. The council has what's called a, a flagship event, which is a competition for aircraft maintenance technicians. And the goal of it is to recognize and celebrate the skills and raise awareness for the knowledge that it takes to maintain safe, airworthy aircraft worldwide. And this competition is held annually alongside what's called the Aviation Weeks MRO Americas, which is like a very big convention where other businesses, recruiters, schools, and the like all come together and they share a whole slew of information regarding aviation and aviation maintenance. This competition, I'm going to be honest, I did not hear of this until I started talking to a bunch of our Canadian listeners who did something similar uh, with, I believe the organization was called Elevate Aviation, where uh, some of the airlines from, uh, from Canada and some of the Royal Canadian Air Force members all competed. And I was saying this to myself, like, wow, they, we should have something like this here. And then they laughed at me and said, well, we do and or you do. And it's going to be held in Dallas on April 26th of this year. So at the time of this recording, this event will already happen. But when they said that to me, I was freaking mind blown. Like, wait, what? When when the heck did this happen? <laughs> yeah, it's been going on for a few years. Six and I were talking because he's like, did you know we had this? I said, yeah. The only time I heard about it was uh, a few years ago working at a, a past employer of mine and uh, they had sent a team themselves and I, I wasn't aware of the competition until then. And, and as it turns out, my alma mater, looking at the uh, list of competitors, is sending a team from each branch of their school. So, <laughs> wow. uh, so I guess it's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's a, a big, big thing. thing. Yeah. And so the... Aircraft maintenance competition. I'm just going to call it AMC for short because that's pretty long of a long winded phrase to say. <laughs> so the AMC provides an opportunity for current and future maintaining or future maintainers to showcase their abilities and show how they stack up against their peers in our community. Uh, so it can usually composed of five member teams and they compete in certain maintenance related events. And teams may register into one of the following categories, which are commercial airlines, general aviation, the military, repair manufacturing or MRO, uh, school and space. Now, again, th this blows my, blow my mind, when, especially when they mentioned the military. I'm like, I have never not once heard of this when I was in the service. And then lo and behold, I see the list of teams and there's like a whole bunch of Air Force and a couple um army and coast guard uh team members i'm like where was this where was i yeah. what was i doing yeah that's kind of what i think about i'm like how how long has this been going on i guess i'd have to research it doesn't really say uh, i have to maybe do some more research online but it doesn't really say uh, how many years this has been going now i mean from the time that i learned about it which was 2017 mm -hmm. so it's been going on at least since then so uh, at least that and to me, this is like a very good thing because this is something where both you as a maintainer, whether new or seasoned, have a chance to show what you can do, ex express your knowledge, and then also to network with a whole bunch of people because now they're seeing what it takes for to do your job, both students, schools, and the like, see how mm -hmm. much you know your job. And then this can maybe uh, open doors to other avenues for you, be it a school teacher, be it working for a different company or being a, a more important person within your company, whatever the case may be. And since there's a, a conference going on while this competition is happening, there's going to be recruiters there. There's going to be all sorts of big name people around where you can just. The, the opportunity is more present there than if you were to just try to Google this stuff on your free time yeah. at and home. For those wondering, the, the, the conference is the MRO of the Americas. So you're going to have a lot of big name uh, people there. You know, some of the, some of the sponsors are, are FedEx, are, uh, United Airlines, American Airlines, things like that, um, or companies like that. So 
it's a big thing, but you get there and you kind of showcase your talents, especially if you're a student, right? Get there and showcase your talents. Do some, uh, do some, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Six, uh, a little shoulder rubbing. You, you might find <laughs> yourself a pretty decent job out the gate. Yeah. Depending on who's watching at what time, you know? Right. Or it's almost kind of like, uh, like, uh, being drafted from, um, uh, from like a school. They see what you can do. They kind of scout you out, see how good your talent is. And like, we need someone like this on our team or in our organization. They come up to you. They say, hey, here's my card. Call me later. Or who knows? Who knows? Since, there, since there's a recruiting event going on, they might just give you a on-the-spot offer. Who knows? I know certain companies have done that. So maybe, especially if you're a student, that's big. As I want to say, as far as the rules go, for, for the school category anyway, that in order for you to compete, you have to have either still enrolled in the school or graduated within six months and have not yet received a job from one of the participating organizations or a repair station, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so imagine you, you, uh, I think you also got to be 16 years old as well from reading, reading these rules, right? Well, <laughs> that may be a big <laughs> one. <laughs> 16 years old and older. Uh-huh. Not going to be having a bunch of 12-year-olds running around in there. Right. But imagine that, right? So, like, say you just graduated your, your um, AMT school. You just got your license. You're kind of job hunting right now. And then, oh, by the way, go to this event where they're all there. And your, your, your ability to l- land a job is significantly higher than if you were to just to like do the traditional method, which is just like email and pray or a call and pray or, or interview and whatnot. So the MRO of the Americas and the AMC competition is taking place on Monday, April 25th, starting at 8 a.m. and ends at noon on Thursday, April 28th. Uh, and that is the award ceremony at the end of the week. Nice. Imagine that a full week's worth of like just, really diving into your craft or really uh, building that networking pool for you to just do your thing. Now, as far as the competition's concerned, we mentioned earlier that it's, it's like a five person team and certain companies or certain organizations can send however many teams, depending on how large they are and in what category they're competing in. Uh, example for this year, there's about 72 teams. And some companies like, say, American Airlines have at least three teams. United Airlines has at least three teams, and so forth and so forth. Uh, Some uh, military categories, they have at least three or four teams from the same unit um, or at least the same. uh, How do I say this? Like enterprise level uh, unit. I won't just say like one squadron of 300 people sending four teams. That's kind of (laughs) stupid. But yeah. Hey, but, real quick, do you want to run down the competition rules for everybody just so they can hear what they are and then we'll we'll jump more into the uh, teams and who's going? Yeah, I'm down for that. So, as we said, each team is five members. Each team is allowed but not required to have alternates with the team. So, for whatever reason, like say the original five, someone in there can't compete or last minute couldn't go, then we have alternates. I'm not sure if you have to designate the alternate as you submit the application. I, I, would, I would assume think you would have to. Yeah, I would, I would assume so. It doesn't specifically say that, but yeah. Uh, alternates may not compete until approved by the chairman. So you can't just be like sub or, you know, like kind of like uh, a soccer game where kids just switch in and out every other play or something like that. Like you actually have to be like approved by the competition chairman that, hey, I am subbing out for this person and hey, they will continue the rest of the competition while yeah, I sit yeah. out. Yeah, I don't think you'll be able to pay them off like the global, global, global gym, global knots uh, in the <laughs> dodgeball movie. <laughs> <laughs> imagine if that was how you introduced the teams, man. Like there's a whole orientation where people get to meet each other. But imagine if that's like how you meet each other. Like you just come up with your own laser blazer. <laughs> Taser and my fitness consigliere, Michelle. And and uh, the the one the one girl where dodgeball's a the national sport. <laughs> I swear I forget her name, her name every time. Stanoskovich or something like that. Something like that. I, I forget it every time because 
I'm just so mind blown how long her name was. I'm just like, I brain dump it immediately. I I just remember the part where she throws the dodgeball and it breaks a dude. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine if so, that's how you came out, like, but instead of dodgeballs, it wrenches and or some shit. <laughs> Shoulder yeah. pads and all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we already mentioned how uh, you can be 16 and up to compete, but if you are under the age of 18, you have to get a release of liability signed by a parent or guardian. Right. Um, so this is the one one of the interesting things uh, that that I'm reading here. Uh, teams have 15 minutes to complete the assigned competitive event. All teams compete in all events. So it's not like you can just go in there and say, "Okay, I'm going to focus on safety wiring and uh, structural, uh, you know, riveting or whatever else because those are my strong suits." Like, nope, you got to go in with uh, everything. You got to you got to compete in all things, whether you good at it or not. Right. Um, and then you also have a time frame. That fifteen minutes is it's a pretty tight crunch, man. Yeah, and depending on some of these tasks, like say the paint booth, fifteen minutes. It takes you fifteen minutes just to set the paint. Much, <laughs> much I less. Say it takes you fifteen minutes to sign out your PPE <laughs> from the tool crib, <laughs> right? <laughs> we all know this, and sometimes there's always something missing, and then you have the pre-operation check before you actually get out there to do the job. So that's a good question. I wonder if they're, like, they're required to like also make sure they have the appropriate PPE on for some of the stuff, even though it's a shortened time frame and event, but I wonder if they would be scored on that like, or if you have to identify like, Hey, you know, part of the prerequisites, this job task is I have to have safety glasses. I have to have uh, gloves, uh, nitrile gloves, and I have to have a, a respirator or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Or hearing protection. I wonder if they have to call those out or if they don't do it and they just jump into the competition, like, like, like the, paint booth right mm-hmm. um even though it's all digital i wonder if they have to call that stuff out as part of their part of their job i, I would assume so it's uh that this is just me speaking i would assume they would i don't know if that that's part of their time when they actually do the event i think they gotta just do all this and then they, they have a judge or something be like hey are you guys all good you ready and then you say yes and then they realize like they're missing stuff and they just get instant fail <laughs> Right. <laughs> like well well congratulations you failed like wait a minute what like yeah you're not strapped up correctly or you're not wearing the the appropriate gear to do this task like so you failed <laughs> um the competitors themselves they must either be certified by a national uh aviation authority say the faa or casa for australia's sake i forget what it's called for um canada god help me but they need to be isn't licensed it, isn't it isn't it, isn't it? It's, it's CA. It's uh, is it CAA or CAF or? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm it's blanking like right now because I want to say CAF, but that kind of reminds me of the Air Force. But yeah, it might be right, CAA. Sorry, Canadian listeners, we're sorry. I'm t- it's 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 there. It's just blanking right now. <laughs> um, so they need to either be licensed, they need to be enrolled in a school, uh, employed by MRO who's willing to cover them. Or be a member of the armed services. That's pretty much how they get around the whole licensing thing. But you must be at least training to be an AM, AMT or AM, AME. You can't just like walk, waltz in there like, yo, I'm going to do this comp. And then just waste everybody's time because you don't even know how to paint. <laughs> or you don't know how to check out tools. Um, like we mentioned with the 15-minute event. uh they're all graded with a certain scorecard and however time it takes for them to complete the task, the scorecard also penalizes them for certain uh, things that they did or didn't do, or it rewards them for time for stuff they didn't did or didn't do. And depending on what these penalizations or, or rewards are that can actually significantly add or decrease their total completion time. So let's say like, the task is 15 minutes long and you took exactly 15 minutes, but then we go to the scorecard and you got dinged on so many different things. So now your completion time was 15 minutes, but with the scorecard, now it's like closer to 18 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the reason why for the scorecard adding or subtracting time, it's almost like an inspection, like from our side of the house where the more we score you or the more uh, things we find, the more your score drops and the more stuff, the more tick marks we have on it, the more chances are you for failing. And so less is more. And 
uh, what's it here? The team, the top three teams with the least score. So it's kind of like golf, or in our case, inspection. The team with the least uh, amount amount of points gets certain awards, and the top team gets the overall grand prize, which is the what's it called again? The William F. Bill O'Brien Award for Excellence in Aircraft Maintenance, which is like a four foot tall trophy. <laughs> Holy shit! That's pretty dope. <laughs> it is pretty dope. Like, how, how, imagine taking that home. Like, you got to check this in on a plane. Like, what's in this giant box? Like, what's oh, a trophy? Right. As it has like a, a, sh- a head to shoulder, uh, but a uh, like mock up of a person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Event sponsors provide judges for each event. Judges may stop the clock for their particular event to remedy problems or answer question at their discretion. Scores provided ver- verbally at the competition of an uh, at the completion of an event are not official until properly recorded. Score grievances may be brought to the sergeant at arms during the competition and up to one half hour after its conclusion. The AMC chairman reserves the right to modify final scores up until the award ceremony. Holy shit! Yeah, the AMC chairman may remove any team members for the com- uh, competition. But not limited to four, but not limited to unprofessional behavior, cheating, etc. The AMC committee reserves the right to alter events and or rules prior to or during the competition, and will make the best efforts to notify all team members of the change. <laughs> uh, part- yeah, like what? Well, it's like, nah, we ain't safety wiring today. We're going to. I don't know. We're gonna right. we're gonna build up a bulkhead. But right, <laughs> or or imagine right, like say like. Hey, so we said we can, you're going to safety wire this, but we didn't think it was a big enough challenge. So you're going to end up having to safety wire this. Like, oh, fuck. Underwater. <laughs> right? Underwater. Backwards. <clears throat> in the Backwards. dark. Yep. <laughs> with, with one little tiny headlamp. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's crazy. They can just change it on the fly. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I wonder, like, if, they, I wonder not- if they do that. I wonder if they have like, I'm sure they have like events. Uh, kind of on the back burner if they go up and say hey you know the first two teams go through and like that everybody was able to finish it in five minutes perfectly that's obviously not hard enough but but also if that's the case then too every every team after those first two their their stuff has changed so it's not the first two teams got you know got easy money and the rest everybody has to pay because that event was too easy or maybe they change it if if enough people have cheated on it for some reason or other i don't know or, or yeah. didn't fully understand the rules weren't explained well enough i don't know right or or perhaps like uh they all, all all they make all teams go through it right i don't know if they'd be able to get all 72 teams through that because if you figure like 70 72 teams plus 15 or times by 15 minutes that's quite a long time and yep uh, I am. I'm imagine it kind of like yours. Like, say we had it, probably be something drastic, like the equipment broke, or uh, someone enough people got caught cheating, or the task was too hard, too easy for someone to complete. So, okay, we're done here. Uh, you guys get. You guys are not going to get penalized for the time it took for you to finish or not finish, uh, or they would just have to repeat the event. That's probably what they'll have to do. Like, yeah, probably just or- repeat. Yeah, so, okay, so you guys get this too easy, so now we're going to do this event, and everyone else thereafter are going to do this one, too. It could be it. Uh, And then all all required tooling and protection equipment is provided by the event uh, and the event sponsors, and personal tools are not allowed. I'd imagine they had to throw that in there. Yeah, we talked about PPE earlier, right here. Uh, Participants are expected to observe personal protective equipment requirements throughout the competition period to observe safety practices will result in penalties. So there you go. You, there have you, to, go. you have to pay attention to that. Right. So uh, some of the scores, since we mentioned the scorecard itself, like there's certain scores like they will get penalized or rewarded for. And some of them include failure to follow safety related warnings or cautions. That's a major no-no, even in the real world aspect. Failure to follow those could result in serious injury and or death. So simulating real world conditions here uh improper use of safety equipment i mean sure between ourselves we've seen people do that all the time (laughs) all the time weekly daily even yeah like uh using respirators as a chin strap or just like they have it on their person but they don't actually use it yep 
uh, when I saw a guy without not wearing a respirator, it was sitting on his head, but he was sitting there face down, like right next to the sander, one of those uh, oscillating sanders. Uh-huh. He was sanding a bunch of paint and shit and Bondo and shit off of that. And had his face right now next to it. And I walked up and I was like, hey, man, I uh, think you should be wearing something. Uh, well, I don't know what. I got gloves on. I'm like, yeah, how about, how about your respirator? Oh, yeah. And he like pulls it down over his face. I was like, just so you know, man, that's a, that's a fail. And he's like, oh, I had it here. And I'm like, on your, on your head, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Not do- oh, good. It's protecting your hair from. From breathing in those harmful things, you know. So, <laughs> Look, Lord Freakman, this hair, this hair is more important than this face. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Ima- yeah, imagine that. Uh, another one is uh, improper. Well, we actually said that already. Uh, unprofessionalism. Now, <clears throat> now, I'd imagine you have to be a serious dick bag to get that kind of points right and i'd imagine unprofessionalism be like mouthing off to the judge or mouthing off to the other people on the team on on other teams or pantsing your competition i don't know yeah you know just like really really trying to because i figure like for a competition you gotta talk shit you you it's it's part of the game but i'd imagine like the when it crosses the unprofessionalism when you talk your shit to the point where like the other team does not even want to compete because there's like, you'll fuck this guy, man. You know, uh, yep. uh, failure to properly store tools and or equipment. Ooh, that goes into tool control. See that happen enough times. Failure uh, to follow procedures. You incomplete or incorrect re- record keeping. Oh, how many times have we? Oh, you mean you actually have to write it? Boy, I, I can see some teams out there that are going to flop on that one. <laughs> if there are right. any, and for anybody that I've ran into in my in my past. Uh, right it's an improper improper record keeping is a my is an additional 30 seconds per incident per incident is, is that what it says yeah where's it uh uh it says so like uh improper record keeping or incorrect rep- record keeping plus 30 seconds times blank so it's per incident <laughs> so oh every t- so imagine that right like you just really gurry this up and you're thinking like, hell yeah, we did fantastic. And then you add up all the incorrect documentation. It's like plus five minutes. <laughs> 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 what the hell, man? This was 30 seconds. Well, look at this. Disgusting. <laughs> Improper use of tools. Using your pair of pliers as a hammer. Yep. <laughs> uh, omitted a step in the process or procedure. Oh my uh, God. That's a, see, thank you. Whoever's, whoever's running this competition, thank you for throwing this out there because We've seen this so many times in the real world where people will think that they can just skip a step because they feel it's not important. Now, it's one thing to group steps together and make it one long one than to just say like, well, I thought this step was stupid, so I'm not going to fucking do it. And you ended up freaking sending 50 amps through somebody's brain or or putting freaking Skydrol in the oil tank. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. Skydrill in the oil tank or servicing the oxygen system with nitrogen. Ooh, but air is air, right? Sure those will, pretty sure those will take some penalty hits. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, there's some other stuff they put in here. It just says other and explain. And those are like rewarded times, like minus three seconds, plus three seconds. I'm, I'm assuming that these others are kind of like. Every team's going to be unique on how they do things. So if they can do figure a way to do something better or use the right tools in a more innovative fashion that's actually better for the job. They're like, oh fuck, that was pretty smart. Minus three seconds or whatever. You mentioned somebody being a dick bag earlier. Can you imagine somebody being such a dick bag that the judge is like, you know what? Minus three points. For what? I don't know. I don't like your face. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't like them. Minus three points. Or or plus three seconds. Like, what the you hell, man? Like, you almost feel like Dumbledore or Hogwarts. Right. 50 right. points to Gryffindor, you know. What I mean? <laughs> That's kind of how it is, right? You're just we're just making shit up at this point. Like, um, for extraordinary courage, plus 50 points to Gryffindor. Like, what? For extraordinary use of a of a of a of a screwdriver <laughs> as a ply as a pry bar, negative 10 points. You know, right, like, right. <laughs> or be- best dressed. You know, best dressed team in the comp pl- minus or. 50 points. <laughs> oh, that's another thing, right? They don't mention it in here, but 
with the PPE and all that stuff, I bet you, I bet you have to wear a polo shirt. I bet you have to wear some form of pants and I bet you got to wear steel toes. Right. I, it doesn't say, or at least I didn't read it in here. It didn't say anything about a dress code that I've ran into yet, but I bet you, I bet you, you have to wear something like that. And if you have longer hair, it probably has to be pulled up into a bun or a ponytail or something. Right. Comb so your beard. Caught, Cause <laughs> you, you, have to, you have to abide by the PPE. Right. So like, I know a lot of uh, females and, and males alike with long hair and, a place that I currently work, mm-hmm. um, they always have it pulled up into a, a ponytail, or, or when they're getting really down into something, they'll, they'll tie that up into a, a, a loose bun on top of their head so it, they can move around. Now, since you mentioned that, uh, going back to the paint booth, because certain respirators you have to have a, a clean shaven face for the for it to make a proper seal. Now, imagine if your painter for that event is a long bearded fellow. And he goes to do the event, think he's going to own it. And then he can't have a proper seal with the respirator, even though it's digital. I'm like, sorry, sir, you, you're getting minus 30 points because you can't, you're not using your, your PPE correctly. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? It's on my face. I'm like, yeah, but see, it's not making a proper seal. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. You say you're the best, you're the best painter at your, your place of employment, but how are you, how are you, you're obviously clearly not following PPE and you're, you're not being made to follow safety and SDSs and, and items or, or maintenance manuals or whatever else. So minus 50 points for Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. I just, that's curious, but yeah, there's nothing. It doesn't say anything about there about grooming or dress code. It's interesting. Right. I wonder if it's, I mean, in today's world, it's hard to tell somebody what they can and can't have, but, um, I got to believe there had to be some sort of rules for, for the liability reasons. I oh. mean, you are signing a release of liability, but still. Right. And, and especially cause you know, you're supposed to be the, the model example for all these aspiring technicians or seasoned technicians to groom themselves off of. So if they see you just acting a fool and like, well, this is the representation of the aviation community. Well, fuck this. <laughs> or yeah. Or if they see this person, right, he's painting away, he's got like, a, he's not using the, the equipment or the gear correctly. And they say like, well, they, this person just got a perfect score. Why the hell am I getting my ass handed to me at work for doing the exact same thing? I'm going to snapshot this and I'm going to send this to my boss. Like, see, there are judges yeah. from everywhere that do stuff way higher than me. And you're, and you're giving me shit for this? Yeah, the industry says I don't have to, but also a lot of places of employment kind of can go above and beyond what's required, right? Right. So, you know, so I know a lot of like the Air Force manuals uh, state that you have to, you know, you have to abide by what that says at a minimum, but you can go above and beyond. Right. uh, Those, those minimal restrictions. Right. And that kind of goes into our realm of expertise for everyone else out there listening. You could always add to the standards. You can never take away. Right. right? So like, say like uh, for calibration, for instance, it says you must do it with every six months. Like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do it every three months because I want to. Nothing says you can't. It just says minimum six months. But you can't say, well, it says six months, but you know what? I don't, I don't want, I don't have the time and money to do that. I'm going to do that every 18 months. No, (laughs) can't do that. (laughs) Direct violation, process violation, fail, fail, fail. Yep. Car. Here's your car. Right. That's what we were talking about the other day. We (laughs) go there as, (laughs) go there as judges and be the first, first people ever in history to issue a car, a car (laughs) out to the, (laughs) here's the key. Some, some, some places there wouldn't understand, nor would the students, but, but the military teams there and other organizations would be like, son of a gun. <laughs> like, there's no we're escape. Free of it. Yeah, we're not even free of it here. <laughs> <laughs> there's no escape. That'd be funny if that was how they penalized you, right? If they give you was, like was this. a car? <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here's your, uh, what's it? Uh, uh, crap, what the hell they call it? Um, re- return, return to a vendor? They give you like this return to vendor thing and they're like, you fucked up and here's the reasons why and you have to fix it and it adds more time. Like, fuck. 
That'd hey, be we were talking about uh, students earlier and possibly you know bumping shoulders with potential uh, potential hiring opportunities. Uh, there is there is a thing here called Recruitment Row, and so in Recruitment Row you'll have Snap On Industrial, the Aerospace Maintenance Council, Alaska Airlines, Aircraft Mechanics Fraternal Association. Never even heard of that actually. Nor the Aerospace Maintenance Council. Interesting. Pratt & Whitney, FEME Maintenance Engineering, so that's Foxtrot, Echo, Alpha, Mike, Maintenance and Engineering, SkyWest Airlines, the Air Force Civil Service, uh, which is the 412th Maintenance Group at Edwards, uh, which is where I'm currently at and work with some of those uh, individuals, uh, Tech Force Foundation, Northrop Grumman, JetBlue, International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, uh, the Air Transport District 142, American Airlines, PPG Aerospace, FedEx, A-Wing, so that's the letter A and then Wing, United Air- Airlines, and Teamsters. Those are some big name freaking recruiters right there. And like I was mentioning earlier, like we mentioned earlier, some of these recruiters, they're kind of, they're almost scouting you with your talent. And if you're a student and you're doing amazing or you're showing great potential, that may be a job offer opportunity for you. Just maybe. Yeah. Take uh, advantage of it. Take advantage of recruitment row and go walk and talk. And I mean, shoot, somebody might even approach you. Hey, I, I like your skill set, and we need somebody like you on our team for X, Y, Z project, you know? Right. You might already even have a job, but it might be might somebody might be offering a better job. Right. Uh now and this is and this is just for not just for the competitors. If you're going there for the MRO America's week, which is all convention going on alongside the competition, good opportunity for you to do so. I mean, I would definitely scout them out, see what they're interested in, see how that relates to you, how you can convey the same thing. And who knows, that might be a job offer opportunity for you as well. Just saying, if you're in the area, that might be a very good opportunity for you. Yeah. <clears throat> or if you've, since this is coming out afterwards, there may be a good opportunity for you in the future. <laughs> uh, now, some of these events, man, I'm not going to lie. They sound very fun. I mean, my talent compared to these guys competing, I can't really confirm or deny who's better. But even so, I would like to just do these events just to do them because they just sound fun. No, at this point, I'd say they're probably better than me. I struggled putting together patio furniture yesterday, so uh, well, it's been it's been a minute. Well, <laughs> considering that things don't bend and twist as they used to, it, it, I might be there with you. <laughs> like, yeah, call me Rice crispy because I was out there snap, crackle, and popping. <laughs> right, <laughs> or like you sounding like a transport or a bag of chips, like. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I make the old dad noises now. Oh, man. Right. You know, moving around. Right. You, you, you know you're getting old when you fart and your back pops. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had that happen yet. But <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I've wasted my youth. <laughs> so, uh, example of some of these events. Um is one by Pratt and Whitney, which is the active clearance control valve test. And the, the the list of procedures they give, they give you both the procedures, they give you the tools, they give you the time limit, they give you the references to do it. And they kind of give you a brief description. Like this task involves the removal, inspection and replacement of an active clearance control, uh, ACC valve installed on the PW100G-JM engine. This event is made up of two separate tasks. Teams one through X will do uh, task one and teams X through Y will complete task B. So that's pretty cool. So it's not just like, oh, we saw how this team did it. So we're going to do it the exact same way. Tripped you up. You're doing a different task. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Sight. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. It even gives you your tool and equipment list. Oh, yeah. Like. And I think they do this on purpose because they want to see. Like that you can A, follow directions, B, use the tools correctly and C, like just kind of give you just enough chaos to 
make the comp make the event just a little bit harder because some of these events some of these uh, tasks you know i mean they're pretty cut and dry as to how they're going to get done i mean just follow the procedures that's really all it takes but some of these procedures you know like you got to squeeze yourself into tight spaces and let's let's admit some of us clubby fingered individuals can't really stick our hand in small places so <laughs> oh i'm one of those i got i got sausage fingers jimmy dean fingers as it were <laughs> like uh it gives you like a whole tool list it's pretty cool man uh now i wonder it gives you the maintenance manual reference here and it even has like uh the pictures and stuff mm-hmm. i wonder if you have to somehow validate if that's the most recent uh publication or if you have to somehow jump on the jump online and figure out what the most current tech pub is Obviously, they're probably going to give you the most current tech pub, but is that something you'll be graded on for validating that it is the most right. current revision? And that would probably uh, carry over to the improper documentation piece, right? Because, mm-hmm. oh, like it says you use this rev, but we're actually on this one. So you technically the whole procedure is wrong. So both your documentation and the process is incorrect. So minus 500 points. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, for us mm-hmm. as inspectors, that's what exactly what we do. Oh, cool. You did the test. Let's see what you use to do it. You, it says here you're using revision F, but we're on revision H. So how the hell did you do this cor- correctly in the first place? Right. That's a fail. Now, it even talks about scoring here for this you know, first event. Scores will be calculated according to the AMC score sheet. Additional penalties may be assessed for failure to place Cloth under fuel lines, failure to validate torque wrench settings with the judge before use, failure to use backup wrenches properly to apply counter torque, or failure to visually examine the ACC valve and report findings to the judge. Ooh. So it's it's actually pretty in-depth. It's not, I mean, it says 15 minutes and you're going, holy cow, how do we do all this in 15 minutes? But therein lies the competition side of it, right? Like you, it's not just going to be as simple as pull up the manual, uh, remove and reinstall. No, you got to actually, you know, cover, you know, cover fuel lines, cap lines, uh, report findings, properly annotate, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So it's not like some like some kind of game show you would see on Netflix where you're just like, oh, just fucking toss it together and and hope it turns out right. You know, I mean, granted, in real world conditions, that's kind of what people do. Question mark. But here in this competition, they want you to go through the whole motion. We want you to take it off, look at it, verify it's good, verify with an inspector that it's good, and then th- and then install it. Wow, <laughs> what a concept! Yeah. Uh, this other one here, I think, is a lot more in depth. Is from Alaska Airlines or sponsored by Alaska Airlines is the airframe damage inspection, where they have to measure a dent uh, or dent damages on an airframe panel using traditional methods and using inspection proper inspection tools. And then the competitors will evaluate the ability to follow the prescribed steps outlined in the manual. Meaning, is the damage bad? How bad is it? What can you do to fix it? And what are the follow-on steps? Oh my God. That's wow. mind-blowing. And, and, and this, I think, is also a time for new and innovative tools to really make their way into people's minds. It's like, like this inspection tool is sponsored by Atree. Uh, the l- number eight tree. I'm assuming this tool is brand new because I've not heard of it before. Yeah, the and, dent check. Yeah, I haven't heard of that either. That's what I was actually getting ready to jump in and say, like, if any of our listeners out there have experience using this tool, uh, let us know. Shit, send us pictures if you can. Don't don't get yourself into a security violation, but like, let us know how how it used. Because uh, other than that, I'd just be using the traditional uh, method, which is uh, the step one of mm-hmm. this uh, instructions. Yes. And this one, and this one goes in depth too. Like they have to measure like the total distance of the dent and how uh how it is next to the the a follow-on dent, if any. They're getting real in depth with this. I'm like, wow, man. Like you really kind of have to know what you're doing. Or at least have an idea of, of how to of how to find the references and do it correctly. AKA follow directions. <laughs> um there's also one where they do an air data test. Now, some of the aircraft I've done, man, air data test is not does not take 15 minutes. 
like ever. <laughs> it takes 15 minutes just to check out the gear to just to set it up. But I've seen I've seen some air data tests, man. Like it'll take at least at least four hours to do. And, oh yeah, and they suck. They fucking that's, suck. That's assuming. Yeah, I mean, it goes longer if you don't get good seals on the first first go around for your static ports or or pedos or whatever else. You got leaks in your connections, right? Because you didn't tighten your AN fittings down tight enough, right? Oh, there's there's another one too by ClickBond where you go and install uh, fasteners. Man, some of this stuff, man, it's really fun. I mean, I would like to do I, it just to do it. I feel like the click bomb one, I I do okay in. Yeah, I, I've installed quite a few factors for click bomb. Man. Well, I do okay, I, but you know what? I, I I'm thinking about it now and how strict strict the competition uh, and the rules and stuff are. Uh, I could be quick, but probably would be dinged on uh, the the process or the way I did it. Right, because it's probably not going to be as. Uh, that just won't be as good. I mean, yeah. it, it won't be by the book, but it, I can guarantee you it will never come off. But yeah, right. It won't be by the book. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's kind of how, and that's kind of how some things are, right? Like depending on the situation you're in and the demand for certain things, uh, it may call for, for you to improvise a little bit, not, not violate steps. I'm not saying that, but it might have you improvise. Like you got to figure ways to cut, uh, to reduce the time it's going to take. And some of them are actually by procedures like accelerating cure time and shit like that. Um, there's oh, also they, can't, they canceled the Aberyst, uh composite repair one. I know that's a big one. Like the team that we sent before that I was talking about earlier uh, from a past work experience, because um, you know those those would have been composite experts. Well, composite gurus, you know, they'd have been really good at it. But that's that's interesting and. I know Abris has a really, really in-depth uh, training uh, course for composite repair up in uh, Reno, I believe it is. So uh, if you're if your company is one who deals with a lot of composites, or you're finding yourself starting to deal with a lot of composites, uh, put it up to your chain of command and see if you can uh, get sent to that school. It's a it's an excellent certificate to have. Um, really, really broadens your your knowledge base on composites and how to repair, right? Or even how to just lay up initially, right? Not even to repair composites, how how to actually create composite structures. Oh, Very yeah, good. absolutely. I mean, that's a skill. Even I, I'm not too well versed at because I'm still I'm used to using the pre preg um, plies. That that's the best way that I can. Yeah, the the plies. It's already made. You just got to lay it lay it in there. But it's actually physically uh impregnate the the plies yourself there there's times where i fucked it up i'm not gonna, I'm gonna be honest I, I fucked it up quite a bit <laughs> uh, yeah i i know enough to be dangerous but i would not call myself uh an, an expert at composites i can put it together and it'll be structurally sound but it won't look very pretty i can promise you that and and right. by not looking very good it will probably have defects under under uh the stresses of flight and everything else but I tell you, I've worked right. with some guys who are composite wizards, man. They're excellent, excellent composite people. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's an art form. Just like sheet metal work is an art form, composites is an art form. Uh, they should probably do a sheet, or that probably would go into the structural repair, like bit, like uh, doing sheet metal work, because sheet metal is, v- it, it can be very unforgiving. Like y- whatever you banged or pinged or whatever. It, it'll show up <laughs> it, it, it won't just buff out like uh like most would say it it, it can be very unforgiving if you're not don't know what you're doing um yep. that kind of that kind of goes into one of the events is the the drill fastener removal <laughs> oh god <laughs> uh, oh there's a uh standard arrow nbaa uh national business aviation association sponsor but you have to uh Removing uh, an engine fan blade. Ooh. Uh, here's the description. The pilot reported a bird strike on a landing rollout with power lever at idle. You and your team have already bore scoped the high-pressure compressor, verifying no damage to the core of the engine. This event will require technicians to remove the fan blades in a uniform manner to prevent shingling and of the mid-span dampeners. Technicians will not be assembling the engine. 
I, I would imagine so, just because like yeah, the timing I mean, straights, man. I've pulled fan blades before, and it didn't, didn't take me even fifteen minutes to get that sackage way out of there. So, right, and I, and I think they're doing it. I think they have to throw it in there in a uniform fashion because you know some people are like, oh, whatever, just yank the shit out, right? <laughs> and and yeah. then you end up having to uh, reset everything, <laughs> trying to rebalance everything, do a yeah, whole vibe out. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, I think I said, some of this stuff is really fun. Uh, aircraft tires inspection. That's going to be pretty fast. Um, safety wiring. <laughs> this is sponsored by UPS oh, safety man. wiring. <laughs> <laughs> that can, it's either going to go super good or horrendous. Right. And I don't, you know, it'd be even more funny if you only have a finite amount of safety wire. You, they don't just give you a spool. They just says, here's the amount you need to do one fastener. And there's 15 of them. So here's 15 lines and you got 15 minutes. Go. So if you break one, then you're fucked. <laughs> oh, it's kind of neat. Like looking at the uh, box that they're going to use to have you safe to wire. It looks like there's cannon plugs on there. There's uh, four bolts around a, a component that you have to do. It looks like there's six or eight. You know, you have to do in like a, a one continuous run. Yep. Um, looks like there's maybe uh, there's a bonus area on here as well. Yeah, I saw and that. It looks like uh, there's the, like connect connecting rods. Maybe is that what I'm saying? Um, like a, uh, like a uh, like rod ends, like for, like to to adjust them. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, my eyes ain't so good. <laughs> no worries. And uh, but the rod ends, I I've seen a lot of people fuck this up, especially when it comes to the jam nut to the rod end itself. Those and turnbuckles, I see people fuck that up a lot, which I say turnbuckles are probably like the easiest ones to do because you can just do this all by hand and not have to use pliers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've seen them mess it up all the time, especially with rod ends or adjustable rod ends. They always uh, put the jam nut backwards or they have the rod end spinning away from the jam nuts. (laughs) Um, So a lot of this stuff is really fun. I I would honestly like to do it. An MD80 APU combustion chamber O-ring packing. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a burner can, but you got to replace the O-ring, uh, combustion chamber O-ring packing. Nice. And I think the funniest one out of all of this is this, uh, human factors exam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think all of us are going to take a dive on that one. Like the event will consist of multiple choice questions relating to human factors. <laughs> I can... I'm admit be one of the first ones to admit this. Human factors is probably not one of our strong suits in the aviation world, simply because of the nature it takes to keep these things going. And yeah. and sometimes, especially now with everything uh, shutting down and then coming back up because of COVID, you're lacking a lot of humans for this human factors. So a lot of stuff tends to glaze over for the sake of getting the operation running smoothly and safely. So. I'm 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 gonna probably say we're gonna not do so hot <laughs> on this human factors exam, or it's gonna be like a real culture shock to a lot of us. Like you start taking this exam and then you start looking at your organization, like wow, we really yeah, it's a learning fuck. experience more than anything. <laughs> yeah, like wow, we really <laughs> fucked this up. <laughs> uh, what what another one I think will trip a lot of people up is the uh, electrical troubleshooting. Ooh yeah, I think that's gonna you know troubleshooting. Yeah, especially in certain parts of aviation, um, you you don't you don't do a whole lot of it. You just your parts changing, right? I know mm-hmm. at least on the military side of the house, or at least military contracting side of the house, a lot of it's uh, yeah, we think this is wrong. Cool, fire a part at it. Well, why don't we just do a little ringing out of the wiring and whatever else? No, nah, just fire the part at it. Get just swap it. Get it back. Get it back you know, fully mission capable. And so with that though, um, yeah, you keep your numbers down, but you lose a lot of skill set in that. And I, I, for one to, can, can, for myself, I, my troubleshooting skills were very weak until I went into the, uh, corporate side of things where I was, it was on me. I had to do it all. And on those side of the houses, you know, money, they're like, Hey, you know, I'm not going to replace a $70,000 component. If, if the relay, if a 50 cent relay is bad, so figure it out. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, this other one too, I think it's pretty cool. And we mentioned it earlier is a virtual reality paint booth, 
Now, that just sounds cool. And some organizations actually have that as a training tool for some of their uh, uh, technicians. And the reason why they do this is we, we want to make sure you could do it right before we have you start fucking around with hazardous chemicals. And depending on what they are, they could be extremely hazardous. Uh, like I know a lot of uh, paints for certain aircraft, they have, they're, they have a lot of carcinogens in them. So like even just being near these will fuck you up. Uh, and then there's some other ones that have some form of like like bonding capabilities. Like they'll bond immediately to the first thing it touches. So like once it's on, it's on for life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Here's another one for you. There are six fuel tank entry precautions. Oh my God. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> there's some, there's probably some listeners like, oh, I'll do this all damn day. You know, like just come in there with a pair of board shorts and just jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> Com- competitors will defuel and refuel a 7047-400 fuel tank. Ew. Now, this doesn't sound hard to uh, non-aviation listeners, but let me say, like, fuel tanks are very extensive, and they suck a lot. <laughs> and it's almost, I'm pretty sure they're not going to use a real wet tank. Uh, but whenever you're defueling a, a fuel tank, it's almost never dry, like ever. Unless, like, you open all the tanks and you let it vent out for, like, three weeks or something like that. So we would do that. Uh, we would defuel and sump, and then we would hook up these uh, on this one place I work for. Not not every place, but we would then hook up uh, vent lines to the bottom panel of one tank and let it flow through the whole wing and come out the other tank, and it would all you know blow outside. And we would let it run for no less than seventy two hours. Um, before we would actually jump into the tank. And then even while we were in the tank, you would still take a little bit of pig mat with you just to soak up anything that's stuck in the corners. Right. You're not laying in it. But but even while you were in there, you still had to have those vents running the whole time. So it was a pretty steady airflow coming over you. And then you're also wearing, you know, respirators and bunny suits and everything else. So Right. If there's anything, I would imagine the fuel tank will probably be one of the times where they have their safety violations because... Let's be real. Like once you go in the tank, you kind of just want to do enough to get in and get out. Like the whole step by step to get that tank rolling, it takes a while and it's very extensive. And then, like we said in the previous episode, once you're in, you're in, and yep. you don't you don't want to get out until you're finished. So, I'd imagine this competition might be the be one of the major tripping points for a lot of teams because they've never had to dive a wet tank, and when they do it they're i think it's the complacency that it's dry that's going to give them this false this false impression they're like oh i can just fucking put on a pair of uh, board shorts and just dive right in right looks like there's a total of 27 events uh in all that the uh, competitors will be competing in pretty neat that is pretty neat and like i said earlier man like these sound fun. Like I would like to do this just to do it. Even if it's just like a demo, like, Oh, Hey, here's the safety wire board. Here's a bonus area. See if you can do it in 15 minutes. All right. Shit. Well, I fucked that do up. It. Do it and see how bad you embarrass yourself. Yeah. Right. MVP. Like, that's how, that's, that's how. It would be. <laughs> right. Or I'd like to try out the virtual paint move just because like, Oh, I can spray everywhere and not get, not have to worry about it. I'll see. <laughs> right. So 27 events and 72 teams competing. From, That's uh, Canada and the United States. I don't see anybody else on here from from uh, any other countries. Yeah, I haven't. Folks, like, I yeah, just Canada. And so my alma mater uh, has four teams competing: one from each of their the main the main branch, and then their then uh, their uh, you know sub branches all across the East Coast. Um. And we got several military from Air Force and looks like just Air Force and Army. Is that all I'm saying? Uh, there's some Coast Guard teams in there, too. No Marine Corps teams, apparently. Of course not. <laughs> Why would yeah. they have the Crayonitas in there? <laughs> 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 I, like I said, like I've never heard of this before while I was in the Corps. I'm like, they, they probably save us for the break glass in case shit happens kind of events, you know? Like, yeah. we don't have time to make these guys be happy and 
compete and do stuff. Fuck no. no. <laughs> Got to keep them, uh, keep them angry. Royal Canadian Air Force is going to have people there. Oh, look, Azul Brazilian Airlines. So maybe some Brazilians. Mm. Or is that just uh, the army's got stuff. Um, who's our? Oh, we have a few listeners that are going to be competing there. So cheer them on, everyone. They're from Elevate Aviation. Oh yeah, those ones. They're very avid. They're very uh, uh, avid listeners of ours. Actually, a lot of members in all of these teams are pretty good listeners of ours. So for all of you out there, I mean, this is definitely going to air after you've already competed. But we hope you guys did well. And you had a very good learning experience of it. And then we hope a lot of you are going to be going to the one next year. And we hope to be there too. Yeah, I think it'd be super fun for us to uh, sponsor a team and then maybe go there and set up a booth. And uh, we can record with some of the team members, some of the companies that are out there. And then also um, uh, maybe we can uh, we can sit down and have a chat with uh, with the winners. Most of that would that'd love be super to- cool. That would be extremely cool. So a lot, a lot of you guys out there listening, if you've never heard this before and you're part of an organization or a school that can participate, I definitely raise your hand and try to be a part of it for one, if one, if not for the learning experience, but two, also for the networking and potentially uh, higher strides for you career wise, if that's a good way of saying that, but better opportunities for you and better ways to do it. Like they're already there instead of you having to hunt them down yourself. So a good plus for everybody there. It, it just sounds like a fun time, honestly. Like, yeah. I think it'd be a cool, cool environment to be in. Um, everybody there. Yeah. Even though you're competing, I think it's still going to be just a good time. And think about, you know, if you're all staying in the same hotel or close by, I mean, you're making friends from other countries. You're making friends from within your own country. You might, you might meet people that, you've crossed paths with in the past or Hey, you work in the hangar next to them. Didn't even realize they were there to this competition. But I think the, uh, after competition hours, uh, it would be a lot of fun too. everybody going out to the, to the bar and having a drink and just socializing. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Most def. And I believe here in the schedule, it said there's a after event party too. So if you, if you missed anyone in network, you're definitely going to see them all if they, uh, for that, uh, after party. Again, as what MVP said, you're going to see all walks of life, both people you might have known or people you've never seen before, and you're all interacting. It just builds that network for you guys to just expand both your knowledge base and your career. I'm, I'm kind of jealous right now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty jealous. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun to go there and see what's up. Most dev. Please, uh, uh, listeners out there. Please help us make that happen. <laughs> help us support us on Patreon or send us some info about how to get it going because we definitely want to go. And if we could sponsor a team to go be there or at least sponsor something for the for the competitors, that'd be amazing. That's something we, al- we would love to do. We've always wanted to do. And yeah, that'd be so dope. Um, final thoughts for anything, uh, MVP? Uh, yeah, good luck to all of our competitors, all of our listeners who are competing. Uh, we wish the best for you. Uh, be safe, be smart, and uh, ultimately just have some fun. Well, very well said. And then, uh, for those of you who are competing, if you want to reach out to us and tell us how the event went, right? Like some of the ups and downs, some of the cool things you learned, or for the people who just witnessed the event, like, Likewise, what are some things you learned? What's some things that you witnessed? Please share them with us because we want to know ourselves. And that's kind of like the time where they showcase a lot of the newer, more innovative stuff. And it's pretty good knowledge for all of us to know. So like, this is something we can look forward to, or this is something that we can uh, get ready for. If that makes any sort of sense to anyone. Yeah. And if you're competing and want to come on an episode and tell us about your experience, uh, we'd love to have you. Mo, definitely love to have you. Again, uh, reach out to us on our social medias or send us an email on our website, whichever way is easiest for you. Let us know everything. Tell us what you'd like to know from us. And if you're a competitor on this, would like to come on, send us that line the same ways. On that note, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everyone.
We'd like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to continue to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners with special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Ryan Freshour, Dan Schubert, Jenny Dignan, and the ladies of the Dick Talk and Mimosas podcast. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. Visit our shop at cancelformaintenance.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have ideas for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit our contact us section and send us a line. We will do what we can to get your ideas or yourself on the show. You can also follow us on social media such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, that's C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or on Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Check out some of our affiliates like Rockwell Time, where they make both rugged and classy watches to fit your lifestyle. Use the code CX4MX and save 10% off your purchase. Support us on Patreon. Our patrons get exclusive perks such as access to our Discord, discounts and early access to merch, special patron-only episodes, and so much more. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.